Hi guys, welcome back to Normalize the Conversation. My name is Francesca and I'm here today with Lindsay, a fellow mental health advocate. And we're going to talk to you a little bit about anxiety and she's going to share her story. So thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to share my story and tips that help me overcome my anxiety because I definitely have tried so, so, so many. So um, I'm so excited to, you know, get to share that with all all of you and, um, you know, get to interact with you guys too. Sorry if you hear cats in the background. <laughs> I have a new kitten and I've tried to quarantine them, but you may hear some cat fighting in the background. So I'm just, just so you guys know, I'm sorry about that. But I have a new kitten. He's fine. He's just a little feisty. So That's you may so hear exciting. him jumping on my other cat. And my other cat is just a little grumpy. So he's just a little more vocal, but he's not hurt or anything. So don't worry. <laughs> That's so exciting that you got a new kitten. Oh. Yes, I know. It really brought some light to, you know, the whole quarantine thing. And I wasn't really planning on getting a new cat. Um, but I live in an apartment complex and we have a lot of feral cats. And my neighbor's trying to control that. And she's like very into cats. Um, and so she's trying to trap them and, you know, do all of that. Um, but this one cat had a litter of five cats and I knew the mom cause I've been here for like three years. And so I saw, I I've known the mom. And so she had cats and I was like, since I know the mom, I kind of want to have one of her babies. <laughs> so yeah, now I have two and he's a little bit crazy, but let me close my door just so you don't hear, hear him go nuts. Cause I think right now is his playtime guys. <laughs> <laughs> but his name's Rudy. It's my kitten. Aww. His name's Rudy, and um, Mr. Bear is my older one. So oh, yes. I love the names. <laughs> do you have any animals? I do. I have a puppy. Her name is Tiffany. She is my whole world. She's a little sheepoo. She's like seven pounds, so she's very tiny. So cute. She's sitting. Actually, she's not. Normally, she's sitting behind me napping, but I guess she got up. She's tired of hearing <laughs> my voice today. She's very well behaved, unlike Rudy. But <laughs> she likes That's so sweet. She really likes to take care of herself. You know, she's very like self sufficient. She yeah. when she wants water, she like brings me her food bowls. She's like, I want water. She wants food, oh. same thing. She knows like which bowl to bring. So she's very good at like, she knows what she wants. She wants to nap. She knows where she wants to nap. Yeah. She's very well behaved. I don't know where oh. she got it from. I love that. That's so good. She has good genes. She had a good, <laughs> good gene pull. <laughs> but yeah, I love animals. They've really helped me even with my anxiety too. Um, and that's, it's funny because when I first started having anxiety, I got, a cat because I'm a cat person um so I got one in my college town because I got I started having all of my anxiety in, in college um so I got a cat and he helped me so much I lost him last year unfortunately um but he oh my gosh if if I didn't have him I don't know <laughs> if, if I would have gotten through it as easily as I did um but yeah, animals are just amazing for healing. I just, I love they them. Really They're are. so sweet. <laughs> they are. And I feel the same way about my dog. I got her um, during my, I think, last semester of undergrad. Mm -hmm. And I was living alone for the first time, like completely alone. 
And I was really nervous about it. And I was like, I feel like having a pet might maybe help me. And then I got my dog and we connected and we just clicked from the moment like we saw each other, like it was meant to be. And she really got me through like some really difficult times because if I'm having like a panic attack or a depressive episode where I'm just falling apart and I'm crying, she'll lick my tears away. And it just, it makes me so happy. That is the cutest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Dogs and cats and just all animals are very intuitive and they know how to, they have so much love for us, you know, and they'll do anything they can for us. And I just love it so much. I know. I know. They really can feel that. I think it's amazing. I saw this video the other day um, and it was the service dog that alerts um, whenever their owner is going to faint, but they know about like 30 to an hour, 30 minutes to an hour before and I'm just like, wow. how do these animals know? Like how, can, even if they can sense like our heart rate dropping, like how can they do that? That's crazy. Like, it's just amazing what these animals can do and um, how they serve us. And I just, I love them. I mean, who can't love an animal? They're just right? so cute. They're precious. And they're, they're so smart. I don't think we give them enough credit. Yeah. They really are. They really are. So tell me a little bit about you and your anxiety and when it started. Yes. So I'm 27 years old, um, but my anxiety started when I was about 21. Um, It was in 2014 and I was a junior. I just started college or just started my junior year in college. And um, I was in a sorority and all kind of the typical things. Um, I had never experienced anxiety before this, or if I had, it was just very, um, minimal, you know, it was never heightened to such a level. So I never really was aware of it. Um, just like, you know, normal nervousness and stuff whenever you would normally be nervous. And so, um, never really had it before that. So 2014 hit and um, something traumatic happened in my life. And I lived in a a house with two other girls. And one of the girls was from my hometown, Austin, um, which is about six hours from my college town. So it's a long drive. um, And it's on these like tiny country roads, not the safest um, place or safest way to travel. Um, and so one weekend, it was kind of a popular weekend to go home and I think it was Memorial day. And I decided I wanted to go back home, um, to see my parents and my roommate had decided she was going to go home. It was actually her, um, brother's birthday weekend too. And so she drove in a smaller car. And so I was like, well, I'll just go with my other friends because they have a larger car and they live closer to where I live. Because Texas is very spread out. If you're not from Texas, um, it's very, very spread out. Um, so I went with a different car and or a different group of people. And unfortunately, she didn't make it there. So she had passed um, in a car accident on that trip and her brother had passed too. And it was crazy because we had left around the same time. We had seen her car kind of pass. Like we weren't like traveling together, but we had like seen her car um, pass. And for some reason, um, there's like a split way in the road. I had to stop and use the restroom. I was like, we have to stop, have to use the restroom. Um, and my other friend had to use it too. And so we went to the store and 
that restroom was closed. And so we had to walk across the street. And during that time was when the accident happened. So if we didn't stop, I probably would have seen it. And I don't know what that would have done to my mind because just not seeing it really flipped my mind um, or my brain and how it thought and how it processed things. Um, So I'm so thankful I didn't see the accident. Um, But that's kind of the time frame in how it happened. Um, And then, so when we passed the accident, I didn't even know it was her car because it was so unidentifiable. Um, Just the, how bad it was. It was a head-on collision. And um, so everything was just, there were so many ambulances already there. And like this happened within like 10 minutes. Um, So it was crazy. And then the next morning I found out it was my roommate because um, the president of my sorority had called and said, you know, this had happened last night, blah, blah, blah. And then that's how I found out. So I didn't even know it was her until the next day. And I went home and when I got home, it's so weird. Um, I got home and immediately told my mom about the accident. I was like, there was this awful accident. I've never seen something like that. Like that was the first thing that came out of my mouth. Not like, hi, good to see you. It was just like, that was the first thing. So it's just like weird how these things kind of happen. Um, and then, yeah, from, from the moment I found out that that was my roommate, my brain switched. It did not think the same that it used to be. I was not the same Lindsay. And I didn't know why. It really freaked me out. I thought it was just like depression. I had lost grandparents in the past. Um, unfortunately, I lost all my grandparents very young. Um, so I, I, I've dealt with death, death before, but not to someone so traumatic and instant and someone I was just with that, you know, the day before and someone that looks like me and is the same age. And, you know, it, it does something different to your brain when it's someone that you can relate so closely with. So, and I had never dealt with that before. So, and we don't really get taught how to deal with those things in school or any way like that. Sorry, my feet are falling asleep. I have to adjust. <laughs> um, so we, we don't really get taught how to deal with those emotions um, or at least I didn't. Um, so I just kind of let it happen and I didn't understand why. And I could only handle that for so long because then you start really experiencing those scary symptoms like DP and DR and panic and agoraphobia kind of starts happening and you build in those negative habits and mm-hmm. it's not your fault, but there are ways to get out of it and things that can help you um, heal quicker and not develop bad habits. Um, if you kind of jump on it in the beginning. And so, um, but I just didn't have resources like that. And I didn't know what this was, because I never had experienced it before. So that's kind of how I started, you know, experiencing anxiety. For me, it was a traumatic event. For a lot of people, it can be things that happened in their childhood, and it can, you know, kind of come up in their adulthood. But for me, it was a traumatic event that kind of sparked everything um, and kind of started that adrenaline rush and the panic and the fears. And from then on, I feared living. I feared leaving my house, leaving my comfort zone. I started getting panic in the grocery store. I, I didn't know why I was feeling these things. I had really bad DP and I thought I was going crazy because no one talks about DP. Like, 
I didn't even know there was a word for it um, until I looked up, you know, the symptoms and really did some research because it's not talked about, it's not normalized. And so um, I, I, it was reassuring when I found out that it was actually a thing and that it, there was a label to it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my back end story about how I kind of got into having anxiety. <laughs> But yeah, for me, it was a traumatic event. So first, I want to say I am so, so sorry for your loss that there aren't words that can really make any of that feel any less painful. But for you to take that whole experience and the anxiety and the pain and everything you went through afterwards and turn it into being this amazing advocate who inspires and helps so many people, it's just absolutely incredible. Thank you for what you do. Yeah, thank you. It's really the only way I can make sense of it too. Um, Because people are like, how are you talking about it? How do you, I want to talk about my story so bad. How, how do you get there? And I'm like, you'll get there. It, you have to make sense of it. You have to use it for something. Um, If you can't let it go, use it for some good. Um, Because it's a part of me now. I can't take that back. I can't, do anything about it I'm here and I'm lucky to be here um Kylie isn't here my roommate anymore but I am here and I can I can make a difference and for so long literally Francesca like five years I would lay in bed and just feel like nothing feel like life was so worthless like I could never change I'm 20 I was 21 years old and I felt like my life was over. Like, that's so sad. And I feel like so many people feel like that too. And I just want to show them that it can literally just take a minute and you can just have an epiphany and your life can change forever. It doesn't have to be like this huge, like healing journey that you have to get on and start. Like literally I was driving one day and I was like, I'm not going to let this control me anymore it's, it's over. I'm not living my life like this. I can't live my life like this. I can't end my life at 21 years old. It's, it's not, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to let it happen. And I'm not going to focus on the anxiety anymore. I'm going to focus on me because I was focusing every single day on my anxiety and people are like, no, I am focusing on me. No, you're focusing on the anxiety version of you. You're focusing on your symptoms. You're focusing on why it's not working what's wrong with you? What about what's right with you? What, what's, what are you, you know, what things inspire you? What things get you going? You know, let's sit down and remember what life's about and how fun life was when we were a kid and how, when, when, when we didn't have all these like responsibilities and all this weight and anxiety and trauma and all this stuff to worry about, what, what did we think about? I always thought about teaching people, which is really, it weirds me out, but it's really common for like little girls to like be a teacher, but I like took it to the extreme level and I'd print out like homework and I'd print out a grade book and I'd print out like all these little things like for my fake students. So like teaching was something I really liked to do clearly, but through my adult years, I let that just slide because I was like, I can't be a teacher. They don't make enough money. I can't be a teacher. I can't go to work every single day. I'm way too anxious to do that. I can't go to work because like, I'd always make all these excuses for my passions. It's like, why am I making excuses for the things that I love to do? Like, 
it's so strange, but it's also the way society molds us to think they, they want us to do certain things and um, people want you to be certain things. And um, I think just being, you know, growing up in that in social media, oh my goodness, like I can't even imagine growing up with this constantly in your hand. Um, But it just takes you so far from who you can really be. And then you throw anxiety on top of that. And you're like, who am I? Like, I don't even, I'm, I'm hearing so many voices in my head. Like, how do I even get back to who I was? And I felt so lost for so long. And then I, it literally just took being miserable and hitting rock bottom to be like, no more, no more. Like there's a way out of this and I'm the way out of this. And we're not going to accept self-sabotage anymore. We're not going to accept it anymore. And yes, I have days where I doubt myself and I get down on myself and, you know, nothing's perfect, but you learn from that and you learn ways to get out of it. And you learn that that's not really you too. And I think, I think once people see the amazing things, and that's why my, my name is amazing anxiety, because once you can see the amazing things that you can do and that what you're here for, anxiety isn't scary anymore. Like it brings out the amazing parts of life that we just kind of forgot about because we get so lost in day to day. If that makes sense. Okay. I love the like reason behind your name on your handle yeah. on Instagram. That's absolutely amazing. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how you brought up that it's like when you realize you have the power within you, because mm-hmm. I think that's something that a lot of us who live with mental illness or have episodes with our mental health where we kind of feel like it's controlling us and that we yeah. have no control, we have no power. And that moment when you realize that you do have the power, that all the strength you need is within you to overcome this is one of the most powerful and empowering and just incredible moments because it's when everything starts to change. Absolutely. 110%. And the thing is like, you always have that power. You always have that control. It may seem like you don't because your anxiety constantly tells you you don't, or you feel out of control because you're depersonalized all the time and your anxiety and your cortisone levels are just so spiked. You just don't even feel real, but you are real. (laughs) And you have to keep telling yourself and reminding yourself of that and stop focusing so much on those symptoms and how things feel and ground yourself back into, okay, like I'm fine these feelings aren't hurting me right now. I'm here. I'm safe. Let's just think about what's happening in my body right now. And it really helped me. The first time I ever knew what anxiety was, was my doctor. Like the only helpful thing my doctor told me was anxiety is an adrenaline rush. And he taught, he taught me that adrenaline or anxiety was a natural thing. It occurs in our body but normally for very dangerous situations where we need it, we need that extra boost. Like if someone was stuck into a car and we saw that we could run to them and magically pick up that car, it's because we have all that adrenaline rush in us. And so learning that I was able to say during my panic attacks, okay, Lindsay, this is just adrenaline. Your body thinks you're scared or you thinks you're in danger and it's just adrenaline. So already just 
that would calm me down because I could identify what is causing this. I know that doesn't really help many people because they're like, yeah, but you still feel it. You still feel it. Yeah. yeah, but you can put facts to it and not put um, like a story that you're making up in your mind. Like I have cancer and that's why I have this. Like that's not a fact. That's based off of an assumption that you've made up because you are scared and you're acting on fear. Um, so when you're acting with a more realistic mindset um, and you ground yourself and you actually sit down and you you think logically why these things are happening, it makes a lot more sense and it calms you down. Because when you're in an anxious state, you actually can't think logically um, or it's very hard to think logically because the the part in our brain that's firing off when we're anxious is not the decision-making part of our brain. And so it's hard to make logical decisions when you're not using that part of your brain that makes decisions. So it's just learning ways to calm yourself down and self-heal um, that really, really helped me. And just start small. You don't have to jump into this big, overwhelming thing. And I think that's also something that deters people is they're just like, I have so much work to do. I don't know where to start and just start small, just little tiny things. Um, like I really don't like journaling. So I didn't start with journaling, (laughs) um, start with something that gets you excited. Start with something that interests you, that piques your interest. If, um, visualization does that start looking into that or, um, you know, a lot of people don't really like to uh, meditate, but um, like guided meditations are really great to jump into because you don't have to do it yourself. So just that'd be another tip is just start small and go to something that you're interested in, not something that someone's just telling you to do because it worked for them. I love that. That's such amazing advice because a lot of times we don't know where to start and Mm -hmm. try to start at some of the coping mechanisms you see on Instagram or just from a Google search. And it usually is like journaling, meditation, yoga, go for a walk. And if that's not something that interests you, then it's kind of hard to do it and stick with it. And if you're not interested in it, it also, you might not be excited about it. So it's not really going to work the same way. So finding something that makes you feel excited, that makes you feel strong, that makes you feel good about yourself, that gives you that level of confidence and security is something that's so important. And a lot of people don't realize that. There's Mm -hmm. not one coping mechanism that works, right? There's a billion coping mechanisms that may work at different times and finding which one works and finding which one works at which time is super, super important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's something I found really um happened a lot in my journey is I would look online for because we didn't or I didn't really have like Instagram accounts that talked about anxiety I don't know when did you see them pop up because I only noticed them when I created something like I created my account but I never really saw them pop up until this year yeah I think a lot of accounts kind of stemmed out of the pandemic but I also noticed the more you use the hashtags and the more you search and the more you like them, the algorithm starts to bring them to you. So it's really the way the Instagram algorithm works. And I wish that the algorithm worked that everybody got a couple of mental health resources here and there, you know, and it's not just, you have to be looking for them and posting about it to see them. They really should have it that these resources and tools are available all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. And because these hashtags get cluttered so fast too, Um, so, and if you don't know which hashtags to look up, like if you're just 
trying to find some resources and you stumble upon Instagram, it's not like you know exactly what to search for. So I totally agree. Um, because on, on Google, like you said, they say like yoga and exercise. And when I was at my worst, there's no way I could exercise. There's no way I could do yoga. I was so scared of getting my heart rate up. Like, no way I'm, I'm not working out. No, no, no. Like that's the least. And I hate it when people would just say, just go on a walk. I was like, that's going to trigger my fear even worse. Like, no, I can't go on a walk. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Having these, um, resources like Instagram and people that have just experienced it, experienced it themselves and are giving out their resources and tools and tips that they've used themselves. I just think it's amazing. And I love our community and everyone's so supportive. And if you, if you're watching this and you ever feel like, I don't want to reach out to them. I don't want to DM them because I don't want to be a burden. Just DM them because you never know. They may have something that may help you get over like your biggest challenge someone's DM me before and they're like, you've helped me more in this five minutes of talking to you than two years of therapy. So it's just, just reach out. You know, we, people that have gone through it, we have little things that some therapists don't, you know, they don't know because they're just taught by textbooks. Um, and if they don't experience it themselves, like I don't blame them for not knowing <laughs> what it feels like. Cause like I said before, before I experienced that trauma, I had no idea what anxiety was like. If you said anxiety, I would have just thought you were just like a nervous wreck or something, <laughs> but it's, it's not that it is way, way bigger than that. As we all know. Yeah. And I love how you brought up that, you know, DM them, reach out to people on Instagram and yeah. Best case scenario, they don't answer you. Best case scenario, they may be able to provide you with some resources that they found. And even if somebody does like respond to you and they give you something, it's important to note that it doesn't replace therapy. It doesn't replace medication or getting help or anything like that. It might be a tool or resource or advice that you can use in the meantime while waiting for an appointment. But please yeah. still make sure you reach out for help if you do need it. And also... Another really great resource is the crisis text line or the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. You do not have to be in crisis to reach out. They will provide you with so many different resources. They can provide you with a list of 99 coping mechanisms. They can provide you with a list of guided meditations, breathing exercises. I promise you, I volunteer there. We have a list and access to a bunch of resources and you do not have to be in crisis to reach out. We are more than happy to provide you with any resources, help you find local affordable therapists. Like, please note, there's so many tools and amazing mm -hmm. resources out there. And I think a lot of people feel discouraged because they don't realize that all these resources are available and they think they have to wait till they're in crisis to reach out. And that's not true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you were, I was listening to your last live and I love how you mentioned this because, yeah, they, I mean, the name itself, Crisis Helpline, you're like, well, am I in a crisis? No, I'm not dying, but I am. But I just, I, you know, you just want to talk to someone and that's what they're there for. That's what, that's what these organizations create these lines for. Um, and people want to help. I'm not on here constantly creating content because I don't want to help people. <laughs> I'm on here because I want to help people and I want to share things that have helped me overcome challenges that I know other people are going through. And that's why people like you too, 
you know, volunteer for these things because we want to help and we're there for everyone. So yeah, absolutely. Just, I know it's uncomfortable, um, but there's always like a, I feel like there's always chat options where you don't have to talk on the phone. Um, So there's other options where you don't have to talk or zoom or like show your face or use your voice there's ways you can you know chat and kind of aim message in and stuff like that so there's always always options uh, if you need to talk to someone exactly and on that note there is the crisis text line you can text the number 741-741 and also the national suicide prevention lifeline I promise if you can learn a tiktok dance you can learn this number it's (laughs) 1-800-273-8255 And I think that's something that a lot of us do, right? We can spend all day memorizing the lyrics to a song or the dance for TikTok or whatever we're learning at the time. But we can also learn these really important numbers and resources because just because you don't need it today doesn't mean you might not need it in the future. And just because you don't need it doesn't mean somebody you know won't need it. And it's really amazing to know those numbers on the top of your head and be able to say, here, text this number for help. Or yeah, let me text absolutely. this number and ask for help. They can even provide third-party resources. So if you need help talking to your friend who has told you they're feeling down, they're feeling depressed, maybe they're feeling suicidal and you want to have a conversation with them, you don't know how, they can provide you with the resources so that you can have those conversations. It's so, so important to know that you can reach out to these places for help. I cannot say it enough. <laughs> a lot of people don't reach out. Yeah. And they don't. they feel uncomfortable about reaching out. They don't know that there's all those resources available, that it's not just crisis. I can't emphasize that enough. Mm -hmm. I think it's also too, not only because it can be uncomfortable to talk about, you know, past things or things that make us upset or uncomfortable, but we're in um, like a society where we think we can just get knowledge right away and we can just self-fix ourselves and we know everything and um, we're a very know-it-all culture. And um, so I think we try to think we know it all about ourselves when really we, we need help from an expert when it gets to to that level of really impairing our day-to-day life. Um, That's when I knew I needed to reach out for guidance is when I, it was affecting my everyday life. Um, It wasn't just here and there when I was doing something where I needed um, adrenaline. Like if I was performing on stage, of course, you're going to get a little bit of adrenaline rush right before or anxiousness, but it wasn't like that. You know, it was, it was a disorder. It was affecting my whole day. And so that's when I really needed to seek out help. But if you're having any of those thoughts or you're just like, I just want to talk to someone, reach out because we're here and we want to talk to you and we have things that can help you. Um, so why not? Um, also something that's helped me is, um, there's a free online resource called mentalhealthscore.com and you just fill out, it's really, really quick. Um, you fill out kind of how you're feeling that day and it gives you an actual score. It's an individualized score to you. Um, it's not like a one to a hundred or anything like that. Like it's a individualized score based on the criteria you filled out. And then you can kind of reflect every month or quarter or where, whatever kind of, are you getting, is your score going up? Is it going down in certain places? Yeah. You can kind of like gauge your mental health, um, without having to go to your practitioner and, um, 
kind of because sometimes when you go to like a psychiatrist or even a general practitioner they have you fill out this kind of um criteria to see how where you are but you can do that on your own now with the mental health score um, and they give you resources on how to um, cope and things like that and in mm -hmm. other ways it's really really cool and then another app I like so that's a website and then there's an app called feelmo that just recently launched this month and um, it's something I've used kind of in the moment when I'm panicked or I'm, I just need like a little bit of grounding time to myself. Um, and it's nice because you could do it in like a waiting room if you get anxious in a waiting room or something like that. And you just record like how I'm feeling right now. It kind of gives you like word or adjectives of how you're feeling and you can just pick them and it's really fast. That's what I like about this. It's not like 30 pages of like deep dive into your feelings that moment. It's like two page or two little slides on the screen, it's super user-friendly. And it asks you like, um, how are you feeling in the moment? What may be triggering you in this moment? So you can kind of, it's kind of like a mini CBT therapy in your hand. Um, so that's cognitive behavioral therapy, if you guys don't know. Um, so it's just kind of digging into your thoughts and your feelings a little bit in that moment. Um, and then you can always reflect on it. Um, but it's kind of a cool little way to keep track of how you're feeling in your phone. Um, and that's Feelmo and it's free. So it's another really cool, very user-friendly app that's free that I really like. I love that. There are so many yeah. amazing apps and tools out there that you can use. Mm -hmm. Like for meditations, I use um, Headspace. I absolutely love it. There's also Calm. There's um websites now and apps where you can get therapy there's better help there's talk space there's so many amazing resources out there that are either free or very very affordable which is something mm -hmm. very new because mental health has never been as accessible as it is right now and although there's so much more room to grow and we need to get better in so many different ways we've come such a long way and I think a lot of people don't yeah. realize all the resources are now available so thank you so much for sharing that yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's finding what works for you. Um, it's not a one size fits all thing. Unfortunately, I wish there was like a magic switch that you could just turn off anxiety and it's off. Um, but we have to have it for those times when we need it. Um, but just learning about it, the three things I would say that really transformed me in my healing. Um, and so back to kind of my story, I struggled like for five years because I was on medication and I just was just like, I'm just going to let the medication do, do its thing and kind of feel better. But I never put in the time to work on myself. So I was just kind of floating along like, yeah, my anxiety is getting better. Hopefully cross my fingers. Um, I'm on this medication. Hopefully it's just fixing it magically in my mind. But um, it was keeping my serotonin levels balanced. So that was great. Um, but when I got off of it, it all came back because I still had those habits that were in my brain. So when you have anxiety and you react to them, that reaction is stored in your brain as a habit, just like smoking, just like biting your nails, just like picking your hair or whatever your habit is. Um, 
it's stored in your brain as a habit. So that's why it's so hard to overcome anxiety. And I talk about this on my page um, and I have a video, a quick video where I do an analogy on this, um, comparing it to like building a sandcastle. Um, but it's a quick video and I think it explains it pretty well. But um, basically whenever we're responding to anxiety, if we respond it by thinking, you know, intrusive thoughts, if we're just like, keep it, keep worrying about it, worry, 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 that's our response. That's the way we're going to react to anxiety every time it comes up, because that we're programming our brain to react to our anxiety that way. So that's why it's so hard is because it's literally concrete in our brain, our neurons are doing what it was told to do. Um, so that's why you may see all of these coaches and anxiety people saying you need to, first, it takes time, but second of all, you need to sit down and really dig into it and, and look into how you're responding to these things, because you're the one that's causing it to happen. And you're the one that's making it happen longer and just perpetuating that habit. So that's why people say that. And that made me so mad in the beginning when I was trying to get over my anxiety. I was like, I don't want it to take time. Like I got, I had this overnight happen to me. Why can't it overnight just switch off? Right. But that's because, you know, we build those habits. So, um, it just takes time and we can rewire our brain. Our, our brain rewires itself every 70 days with whatever habits we've been doing those past 70 days. So, we're able to rewire our brain. It's just, are we putting in the practice and the consistency and those positive, healthy habits, or are we still self-sabotaging ourselves and laying in bed and believing our doubts and believing that our fears and that just makes it those, those um, habits even deeper. And when you do those things, so it's pulling yourself out of that rut and doing it because you're making yourself better in the long run. I always have to remind myself this, like when I really don't want to do something, I am making myself better in the end. I am rewiring my brain right now. I, I literally tell myself that, like I am pouring a new habit on top of that bad habit because, you know, we can't live like that anymore. And, and it's okay that we did because we can learn from it and we grow from it. Um, I am completely 180% different than I was five years ago. And I am so happy that I changed and it's completely, you're completely capable of doing it yourself. Um, and with the tools and with other people's guidance and with the support of other people, um, it's completely, you know, possible just, ha but to change your perspective, I think is the first step and believe in yourself, um, learn about it and sit with yourself and don't fear it. So those are my kind of last two, my, my last three things, um, but on this tangent, but just learn about it. That's what really helped me is learning about it, learning that it was adrenaline, learning about cortisol levels and how stress really, really messes up your body. Um, and then I sat with myself and I sat with these feelings and I sat with who I wanted to be and I forgave myself for not doing the things that I wanted to do in the past, like all of the steps I should have taken. Cause I feel like a lot of us can be like, well, I wish I just, I wish I, I was healing 
the whole time, but I guess I'll start now. Like, no, let's not pity. Let's not pity on ourselves. So to just sit with it, forgive yourself, have a new perspective and move forward and don't fear it anymore. Just stop fearing the symptoms. It's not going to hurt you. It's anxiety. Um, and just constantly reminding yourself that you can do it and you can get over it. That is absolutely incredible advice. And mm-hmm. I love how you talked about that you wanted a quick fix because I think we all want a quick fix. And we all think that a lot of times medication is going to be that quick fix. And although medication can be such an amazing tool and can help balance you out, there are so many other things that you can do in combination that can really help you grow. I think a lot of times mental health isn't just about balancing out your levels. It's more about growing and healing and overcoming it and learning that things that happened in the past are controlling you right now and your body's reacting to it in a way that it has control over your mindset, over your thoughts, over your behaviors. And if you're able to understand that and process it and identify where those emotions come from and where those behaviors are coming from and why you feel Mm -hmm. that way, it can really help you grow and change and just transcend your limits. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And I also hear so many people saying like, I just want to feel better and, but shoot for feeling 1% better than yesterday. And then 1% better from the next day. And 1%, I feel like we want to just shoot from feeling like zero to a hundred. Like we're not, it's not going to be like that. Our bodies are full of adrenaline and, and it needs to get out. It needs, we need to detox our body. And so, um, even my chiropractor, I went to a chiropractor a lot because I used to travel for my job um, every week. And so being on an airplane five days a week was really bad on my back and I'm five, nine. So being tall in an airplane is not the most fun thing. And so, um, I go to a chiropractor a lot and he was like, Lindsay, you don't understand if, if there's like a little bit of stress on any part of your spine, your whole body is not going to work the right, right way. So even like stress on your spine can cause you to feel you know, stomach aches, like the most random things. And so really, really learning to target stress and stress management and what works for you is so imperative because you're going to need that not only right now, but your whole life. I mean, and I feel like we don't really learn how to manage our stress, um, in school. Um, we just get thrown into PE and they're like, just get all their energy out there, but that's, it doesn't work like that for everyone. And so, um, I think it's really helpful to find ways to manage your stress and it may not look the same, um, for, you know, you versus me. I like to play with slime and I'm 27 years old. So, um, there's different things you can do to manage your stress and you just have to find that and be proud of it. Don't be embarrassed about it it's you. You have to live with you. You have to live with your mind every day. Um, You're in your own mind. You're not in your friend's brain over there um, at the end of the day. And so don't be afraid of what makes you feel comfortable. Um, I had this blanket that everyone made fun of me for having, and I still have it because I love that blanket and it makes me feel comfortable and I'm sentimental to it. So just, you know, become learning to be comfortable in your own skin again. And I know that can be scary because with anxiety, at least 
with me, I lost myself. I didn't really know who I was. So kind of finding those things and uh, learning how to manage your stress will be so imperative um, and it will help you feel better because when your body calms down, like when physically adrenaline gets out of your body, you can take that breath and you can just, you feel it. You feel more energized. You feel relaxed, more grounded. Um, it's physical. It's absolutely physical. So when you release all of that, it, it can be amazing. And I've learned to do that throughout my day. I don't just pick like a time, like home oh, from five to six, I'm going to go meditate. Uh, yeah, you can do that if you're very strict and you you like to have a scheduled day. But for me, I've learned when I schedule things like that, it stresses me out more. So I'm just going to throughout my day do things that are like self-care. And if I'm feeling a little overwhelmed in the minute, uh, I'll take five minutes and just sit alone and, you know, separate myself and do a little meditation. I don't need to schedule it in to do it, um, which I think has helped me too. It's so important to realize that we can do these self-care and mechanisms yeah. at any time of the day. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be scheduled in. We can make the time. And it's really about prioritizing how much time you want to spend scrolling through social media or playing games on your phone or texting or whatever you're doing on your phone and just taking those five minutes instead to meditate, to breathe and to just focus on you. And Lindsay, you have been absolutely incredible. Thank you so, (laughs) so much for joining me today. Yes, thank you. We need to do this again. I'm so excited for you and everything that's coming up in your space and your new t-shirts and everything. That's so exciting. Thank you. And we should schedule a live soon to do the encouragement cards. Yeah. So let me know. For sure. I would love to do that. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. And if anyone wants to reach out, I'm always open um, to DMs or anything like that or comments um, on amazing.anxiety on Instagram. I also have a new website. So if you want to check out my website, you can go. It's very minimal right now, um, but you can also um, email me or contact me through my website too. So 